I was getting into, um, David said as the choir was getting into position there on the steps that he told everybody that um, I was preaching, so they were leaving. I don't know if you noticed that they were walking out the sides, but yes, thanks for the confidence, David. <laughs> Our scripture lesson today comes from Second Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. It's on the front of your bulletin. You can also find it in your Bibles. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. Valerie, just quick, just tell you. Would you please rise for the reading of the scripture? For we do not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we had been eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when that voice was conveyed to him by the majestic glory saying, This is my Son, my Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice come from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic message more fully confirmed. You will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. First of all, you must understand this. That no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, because no prophecy ever came by human will, but men and women who moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Our thanks be to God. Please be seated. And please excuse me as I sip on some water this morning. My my voice just went away in the early service, so... Hopefully it will stay put. Those words there, this is my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. As David said, and as Carolyn said, this is Transfiguration Sunday. And yes, I am sure that last night you had trouble going to sleep because you were so excited to come to church for Transfiguration Sunday. It's one of those days that that we celebrate and we remember each year. But it's one of those days that sort of just seems sort of mystical, sort of stays out here sometimes, beyond our grasp and beyond our understanding. We read the scriptures today about where um, Jesus took his disciples, James and John and Peter, and they went on top of a mountain. and, And while they were up there and while Jesus was praying, Jesus was transfigured. And as David said, that that meant that his clothes, they they changed completely. They became a dazzling white, is what the scriptures say. In his face, Matthew tells us, it shone like the sun. So James, Peter, and John, well, they were frightened, of course. But Peter, as he was standing there watching, and he saw Elijah appear, and he saw Moses appear, he said, Jesus, Lord, It would be good for us to stop right here, right now, and to build three dwellings. One for you, and one for Elijah, and one for Moses. But then, before he could really finish even what he was saying, and his final thoughts, a loud, thundering voice came from the heavens and said, This is my Son, the Beloved, in Him I am well pleased. And they were scared. The disciples were overcome with fear and they fell to the ground face down. 
And then Jesus reached over and touched them and told them to get up. And when they looked up, they saw Jesus, the Jesus that they knew from before they climbed up the mountain. And he said, let us go down the mountain. And so they did. But on their way, on their way down, Jesus said to them, do not tell anyone. Do not tell anyone what you have seen until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. And that's the story that Second Peter is referring to when he says they didn't follow cleverly devised myths when they made known the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Those are the words spoken over Jesus. Who is it that tells you who you are? Who is it that tells us who we are? My kids, they tell me I'm mom, which apparently comes with certain duties and obligations like I don't know, cooking and grocery shopping and things like that that don't really happen often at my house. But apparently they're there. So my kids tell me I am mom. My friends, they tell me different things about who I am. After a sermon, sometimes different people tell me different things about who I am, good and bad. When I was growing up, my brothers, they, they told me who I was, and, and lest I forget or ever be a little overconfident, they were certain to tell me who I was not. That's what brothers are good for. And my parents, more lovingly, but they did the same, they groomed me, encouraged me, discouraged me where appropriate. My best friend from youth group when I was in high school, she became my college roommate. and She reminded me through those college years who I was. She reminded me who I am. She made sure that when I wasn't making maybe the best choices for myself, that I didn't lose who I really was. I hope all of us have friends like that. Jesus on the mountain. Someone told him who he really was. I really don't think that Jesus had to be told who he really was. I kind of think Jesus probably already knew it. But I think I think this whole situation, this whole scenario happened for Peter, James, and John, for them to be witnesses. I think it happened for us, for us to know. Who is it that tells you who you really are? Jesus told Peter who he really was, a fisher of men the rock on which he would build his church. He had been an ordinary fisherman, Peter had, and then he was actually the first disciple to identify Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of the living God. He had seen Jesus fill his nets with fish. He had seen Jesus heal his mother-in-law. He had seen Jesus walk on water. He had felt Jesus' power as he himself walked on water. He had seen Jesus heal the blind and the lame. He had seen Jesus cast out evil spirits. And he had seen Jesus feed thousands of people and draw great crowds to just listen 
to his teaching. Peter believed that Jesus had the words of eternal life, and yet he didn't understand those words. He didn't understand who or what the Messiah would really be. As Professor um, Christopher Hall says, Jesus taught Peter about having faith on a raging sea. He taught him on the mount about keeping silent and submitting his understanding and his will to God. He taught him on the road about how God will bless those who leave everything to follow God. After his resurrection, Jesus taught Peter about caring for God's children and about love. Even after Peter had failed him at the time of his crucifixion, Jesus told Peter who he really was. Peter might not have understood who Jesus really was, not until the Holy Spirit came and and helped enlighten him. And even then, he probably still didn't understand fully who could. Peter would then himself go on and tell others who they really were. You know, the author of 2 Peter uses the story of the transfiguration to begin a conversation with wayward believers. He sees their lack of understanding, and he he sees that they have been following false prophets and, and, and wrong teachings, teachings that have led them away from the things that Jesus had actually taught and the way in which they should actually live. So he tells them who they are in the rest of his letter. He tells them who they are, who they should be, whose they are. You know, we all need a little accountability sometimes. We all need a little, I don't know, setting us straight sometimes. Some of us have people in our lives who love us enough to do that very thing. Some of us love others enough to tell them what they need to be doing, to help them be set straight, right? There's actually a a woman on our new soccer team this season who apparently she... She goes to church a lot, apparently, from what she says. And I haven't yet met this lady, but it's just from what I'm hearing from the other parents. And you know how this goes. This could all be hearsay, and I'm going to repeat it right here in front of God and everybody. But she tells everybody about how she goes to church and all of the good stuff that she's doing at her church. And and as about as soon as she finishes telling them all about these things that she does... She then begins to talk nasty about those parents over there on the sideline. And she may even talk a bit nasty about those kids out there on the soccer field playing. That's what she's talking about. But don't you worry, because right before, right before she leaves to, to go about her business, probably to go back to church, she turns around and she says to everybody, Now y'all, y'all have a blessed day. Like I said, I've not met this lady yet. I do, however, hope to. And in some little devious way, I hope that I have an opportunity to help set her straight. To help help her remember who she is. Right? I think God will probably not really give me that opportunity because I think I want it a little too badly. So... (laughs) But it's unfortunate, truly, it really is unfortunate for, for us to see folks that go around and are, are these church folks, church folks, 
that aren't acting very churchy, that aren't remembering who they are. And then in front of others who maybe aren't even in church at all, maybe have never even really met Jesus. That's who they get the impression of what a church folk person is. In 2 Peter, I believe 2 Peter is a much more pastoral letter than if I had to write one. I think 2 Peter is much more pastoral than I might be. Perhaps I still actually have a whole lot to learn. Perhaps I need a reminder of who I am. Who is it that tells you who you are? Who is it that tells you who you are? Peter was there when Jesus, fully human, was revealed as also fully divine. Peter was there, and yet still he had trouble claiming Jesus the night that he was arrested. Do you remember, do you remember that story? Do you remember the night that Jesus was arrested and, and Peter bravely followed the Pharisees' posse, but, but when he was recognized as, as a friend, a follower of Jesus, he denied him three times. I wonder what went through his mind when he heard the rooster crow. I wonder if Peter then began to remember all of the things that Jesus had said to him. I wonder if he thought back to this time, this time on the mountain, when he was shown the honor and the glory of his rabbi, of his teacher, of his friend, of his Lord. Simon Peter, the rock, had come to a defining moment in his life. He could have faded into the background. He could have slipped away into the night and, and left it all behind him. He could have forgotten his three years with this rabbi and, and, and gone back to fishing. He could, have, he could have left those memories of his experiences long ago. He could have let them just slip away like memories so often do. But he didn't do that. It wasn't that immediately... Peter had it all figured out. That wasn't it. He didn't have this single momentary crisis of faith, of faith and then just breeze on through the rest of his life without doubt or, or, or without making any mistakes or without perhaps sometimes still needing to be reminded of who he was. That wasn't how it went. But you see, 2 Peter, the letter, it cautions against listening to the wrong people. The letter cautions against false prophets. It's easy to get mixed up. It's easy to not know who to listen to. It's easy to forget the great biblical stories. It's easy to follow false prophets. It really is. It's easy to follow those false teaching, those false representations of the gospel. It's easy to get lost in the midst of alternative facts. It's easy to get tied up in made-up social media myths. It's easy to forget who we are. It's easy to forget the one, and, and that's a one with a capital O. It's easy to forget the one that tells us who we really are. You know, we all have experiences that, that anchor our lives, particularly as a community, right? We remember 9-11, we remember the Challenger explosion. We remember when John Lennon was shot. We remember when MLK was shot. We remember JFK. 
We have these shared memories. And even though some of us weren't even alive when some of those things happened, we remember in community. We remember in community as Christians. We remember in our Christian community those things that mark our Christian lives. We remember the stories of the Old Testament. We remember Moses and the Israelites. We remember Egypt and the Exodus. We remember Elijah and Jezebel. We remember the chariot and the horses of fire. We remember when Jesus was born. We remember when he died. We remember his resurrection. It is in the memory of these things, in our collective communal memory, that we are all able to know who tells us who we are. We each have our own personal walk of faith to traverse. It's all on our own, but yet we do not walk it alone. We don't walk it amidst the, pro- the false prophets and the false teaching, the false leaders. We don't walk it alone. We don't have to have hope in our national government or in the U.S. dollar or any other man-made or human-made system. We don't have to decipher those alternative facts. And we don't have to figure out the post-truths in our postmodern era Because we have hope in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Because we have the transfiguration to remember. We have the collective memory of the moment where God claimed who Jesus was. The beloved. The son. The one in whom God is well pleased. Do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember who you were before you learned of Jesus? Do you remember how it felt when you realized that you were loved unconditionally? There was nothing you could do to not deserve that love. It was there. Do you remember who first showed you that you were created in the image of God? Do you remember a time when God broke through in your life and changed your perspective? Do you remember a time when God broke through in your life and changed your direction completely? If you can name them, I invite you. I invite you to to take a moment and dwell on these memories. But maybe if you can't remember those, maybe if you can't remember those memories for yourself, maybe you can dwell on Peter's. Read his story. See how Jesus called him just as he calls each and every one of us. See how Jesus taught him the scriptures, just as he teaches each and every one of us. See how Jesus showed patience and how Jesus showed love as Peter struggled with his passions and his temperament, just as Jesus shows patience and love to each and every one of us. 
See how Jesus forgave Peter just as he forgives each and every one of us. And see how Jesus sends him out to spread his message of love and hope. Just as he sends a message of love and hope through each and every one of us. This is not pie-in-the-sky theology. This isn't think good thoughts and and be a good person and it's all going to be okay. Things are going to go your way. Read all of Peter's story. By the world's standards, that's not exactly how it turned out for Peter. For us to remember who we are with our collective memory, we must pray. We must pray. We must read the scriptures. And we must be a part of a shared community of faith. And in that, in that we find our hope. In a deep understanding of who we are. As children of God, it is in that, in that deep understanding of who we are called to be, as together we remember. Together we remember that is where we find our hope. Some of the last few words of Second Peter are, are these simple words of blessing and, and benediction. He says, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. Grow in the grace and knowledge. That is exactly what Peter did throughout his life. Sometimes it wasn't pretty to watch. Sometimes he was scrambling around trying to figure out just who he really was. And he needed people around him to remind him of that very thing. Yet he grew in grace. He grew in knowledge of who Jesus really was. Thus allowing the one, again with a capital O, the one to tell him who he really was. And let us do likewise. Let us as a community of believers with our own individual stories and our own individual walks of faith, whether we're just beginning or whether we are looking back on a long life of of mature faith, let us do likewise. Let us look to the ancient and the mystical stories and and glean from them something for us to take away so that we may live with hope and so that we may live more fully as people of God, growing in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Holy God, it is through our collective memory that we find hope as the body of Christ. As you were transfigured and affirmed as the second person of the one triune God, let us be transformed and reminded that we are created in your image. And through that knowledge, we not only receive hope, We offer hope to all the world. Amen.